been a dealing with me on tonight. puts it all together, but uh, I'm thankful tonight for his spirit, thankful for his word, probably going to read first over uh, in the book of Genesis a little bit, say I, I Lord's just laid this on her heart, and, and uh, fairly heavy tonight with this. I like that. I'd rather feel that heaviness and rather know that God has a burden on my heart for what he's getting ready to bring uh, than to be standing up here and, and just trying to throw something out there but out of my own self. I'm, I want to I know it comes from God. Uh, but, but over in the book of Genesis in the, the sixth chapter <coughs> Thank you, Chad. I Start reading there, baby, in about the, the the first verse of the sixth chapter of Genesis, and then uh, and then we'll probably uh, go over some. Well, we won't probably. We will. We'll go over into First Samuel, uh, into the fifth chapter of First Samuel, uh, and, and we may be in some other places too. But let's uh, <clears throat> pray just a little bit that uh, we'd get this out the way the Lord had had us to, but. We'll read just a little bit. There it says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair. And they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days be a hundred and twenty years. And there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord repented that he, the Lord, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I made man. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And I'll, I'll, I'll stop right there. Uh, our, our heart tonight is, 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 is fairly uh, heavy there in that, in that third verse. As we read that, and, uh, and, and, and how did he talk there about how did he said my spirit... It shall not always strive with man. And I thought in that, as it, as it comes around even in that second verse before it, it, it tells a little something there in that. It said that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And then he goes on to tell how his spirit will not always strive with man. God let us know there in the beginning he gave man a choice from the very beginning of life. That each one had a choice and each one came down to this point here. And, 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 and I kind of thought, why did the Lord word this the way He did in my, in my heart? You know, He tells about how the, the men saw the women and how they fired to look upon and they chose of them wives in that day. And then He goes into talking about how that His Spirit won't always strive with man though he be a, 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 a hundred and, and, and twenty years. And then he goes into describing all these different things, and then he gets down into talking about the wickedness of man. You just bear with me for just a little bit. And, 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 and then if you want to turn over there into, into Samuel, as, as, as all these things, I thought, I thought how the Lord had realized in those days when He created man, and He gave him a free choice and free, free ability. 
to be able to choose the things that he wanted there. And, and, and how that when men started looking upon women and how they started multiplying and they became, as the Bible said, men of renown. And then their hearts just became wicked. And everything they were doing, they were turning their eyes from God. And they were turning unto their own wickedness. But, 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 but they were making these decisions and they were making these choices as they come along. But I thought how God said that my spirit won't always strive with man. God sends out a spirit, Isaac, in, 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 in man's life that will strive with him. There comes a time in every person's life when there's a spirit that will strive with you. What does that mean, preacher? To strive with something means to struggle with it. To wrestle with it. To, and it comes down to when you're struggling and you're striving and they'll come to a time when there's a choice to be made of which way you're going to go and what that spirit is trying to, do, to lead you to do. But God said that His Spirit wouldn't always strive with you. In other words, that tells me right there there's a limited amount of time as we've been talking about from the beginning of this service. The opportunity that God has set forth here tonight in this church service and every other church service we set in, every time that God allows man to see his faults and to see God's glory, then there is a time and an opportunity. You just keep praying just a little bit, Lord, uh, 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 helping us. But as man goes through these opportunities in life, uh, that we need to realize that those are limited opportunities. Because God told us that He wouldn't always strive with you. He won't always struggle with you. He won't always deal and He won't always show His glory in your life. And when He does, there's a time of decision. And there's a time of choice that comes in your life. And, and, and you may wonder how in the world the Lord will link these two Scriptures up right here. But I can tell you what, that God's Spirit has been striving with me today. In many different things as I went along, I tried my best to understand these scriptures that God was putting together. That God was dealing with me on. But you know what I've learned down through time? To follow that spirit that strives with you. I've learned down through time, brother, that when the Spirit of God... Now there's a spirit, what did He say about man over there? I might back up just a second. He said that, that my spirit won't always strive with man for that He is... That he also is flesh. Like the flesh is part of man that battles continuously with the spiritual part. God's spirit comes in and it strives, and God's spirit comes in and it struggles with the flesh. And when you give in unto the flesh, and you give in unto that part of the struggle, and you let your flesh overcome the Spirit of God that's struggling with you, He won't strive with you no more. He won't struggle with you. If you want the world, you can have it. If you want what your flesh wants, you can have it. But you know what you're not going to have? The Spirit of God striving with you. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be. Uh, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve two gods. You're gonna love one and hate the other. And God, if you want to choose your flesh, He'll let you have it. He won't continue to strive with you. If God knocks on your heart and shows you you lost, and God deals with you to get that honor, and you sit back and you struggle and you strive with that spirit, and you decide you want to let the flesh overcome what God will lead you to do. God will let you have what you want. <coughs> but you better be sure that you want what you're getting ready to have. A lot of times we think we want things until we got it and we can't get rid of it. You go to reading over here in First Samuel. The scripture seems like the Lord's dealt with me so much on since I've been a preacher. And so many times He brings more and more out of it. Finally, I see more and more out of this scripture over here where did Eli and Hophni and Phineas, his sons, 
or to be the priests over the things of God and how they handled handled uh, just, just just haphazardly and didn't really take much consideration under the house of God or the or that that it held and and and, and there they was sitting right in the midst of a, of, of, of the ark of God and the, the covenant of God and, and and that represented in that day uh, God's glory, God's holiness, and God's power. And right there they sit in the midst of, of, of that and they had that in their very presence right there. And that thing, what it held over there, if you get to looking back into that, that ark of God, it held a, it held a pot that had the manna uh, that, that, that God gave and it proved unto them that God would feed His people uh, through the driest, barrenest times when there wasn't nothing else to eat. God would send down angel food and He would feed His, His people. That was one of the things that was held in the midst of that Ark of the Covenant. Right down in the midst of there, there was a rod that represented who God had set up over everything. There was a rod down in there, and it was Aaron's rod that had budded. That was down in the midst of that, showing that God was going to show who was going to be uh, uh, over the priesthood in God's, in God's house. There was a law that was set in the midst of that. There was the tables and the tablets of stone over there that had the covenant of God upon them. Them things was held in that right there. How precious they was. I told all of that to lead up to this right here. There came a time when there was a battle and them Philistines, they came up against them over there. And they took that ark down there in the midst of that. Not really even knowing or recognizing what they had in their hands. And they took it down there. And I'm going to tell you something about the glory of God. He said that His Word would accomplish that that it was sent out to do, didn't He? He said, My Word won't return void. I'm going to tell you when the fire of God goes down, I don't care what's going on around when the Word of God goes out, it'll find place. It sure will. They may be half the church don't even know what's happening and don't know how to use what God's doing at the moment. But I'm going to tell you, when God, there was power in that ark. There was assurance down in that ark. There was some things that was represented down in that ark. And I don't care what Hophni and Phineas did down there at the church. I don't care what Eli done down there at the church. It didn't take one bit of power away from what God had in the ark of the covenant. They may not have known nothing about it. Hey, but I'm going to tell you what God knew what was in there. And God knew the power that went behind it. And the whole lot today that are set to a church service don't really know what's going on when the preaching's getting preached. Don't know what's going on when God's dealing with hearts. We sat there and looked around not even have a clue. Asleep half the time when God's dealing in a knocking. Hey, but God knows what's going on. When He sends His Word out, it's a finding act that God's sending out for. That ark got down there in the midst of them, and you know what? The enemy got a hold of it. And Philistines got a hold of something that they had only heard about a few times. They'd never seen it matched. They didn't know what was them in that. They didn't know there was anything to it. You know what the first thing? I don't remember who was it. Mark, did you say it? We was talking about sinners. Talking about people that live in this world and they was they just sinners. And what are they going to do? They're going to sin. How's the lost man going to act? He's going to act lost. Do you know what makes the difference in a lost man's life? When he gets acquainted with the Word of God and the power of God. And you know what happens next, Tom and Raven? When he gets introduced to the power of God, and when he gets introduced to them things in his life, there's a choice got to be made on what he's going to do with it. Now these Philistines, you bear with me. I'm just showing you how God's tied these two 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 scriptures together. And like I say, we'll be on over maybe into some other things. I ain't an outliner. I ain't one that studied how to bring a message out. 
The only place I've ever studied Isaac Woody, and you do the same, is on my knees. In obedience under the Word of God. The only one that's ever taught me how to outline a message is the Spirit of God. And that's the only one I'll follow. As the Word of God says over here that those Philistines got a hold of that ark and you know what the first thing they done with it was you? Does anybody know? They did what, Mark? They took that ark in there and the first thing they thought they could do, Chad, is they'd take that God in there and they'd set it up with our God. There's a lot of times people come down the house of God and they'll think I'll get a little piece of Jesus and I'll take him back and I'll run him through the world with everything else I'm worshiping. Hey, it's going to get just a little bit. They say those police things, they thought, well, I just got a hold of this. I'm going to take it in there and I'm going to put it with my God. You know what happened when they done this? this? What happened? When they went in there the next morning, you know where it was, Audrey? What was their God's name? Dagon. I'm going to tell you something a little bit about old Dagon. You know what he was? He was a fish god. Half man, half fish. According to man. Now that just sounds stupid right off the start. But that's what he was. And when they worshipped unto him, they worshipped unto him and thought he produced grain. Thought he produced grain. That's what they thought. And they even have, if you, if you search that out a little bit, that maybe he was even the father of Baal. The God Baal. So they put a lot of stock in their little God, didn't they? They put a lot of trust in him. When they went into battles, when they went into troubles, you know who they turned to? They got Nothing was ever really proved to them yet. They come a day when they put something real with something dead. <laughs> they come a day when they put something that was alive and had power in there with something that was dead and didn't have no power. They went in there that next morning. See, do you know where Dagon was? On his face. Their old God was laying on his face. That old dead thing even had to bow. You know what happens when this when the world, when our lost people comes into the church and they go to trying to take their little piece of Jesus and go out here and running around in the world with their gods? Their gods will follow. And they'll realize that Jesus ain't gonna run with their God. They'll realize their God's going to have to bow to the real thing. Yeah. I'm going to get around here to something. Let's just pray. What's the first, what's the next thing they do? You know what they do? They, they went back in there. They done seen there when they thought, well, maybe that was just an accident. Maybe that just, maybe something just knocked him over. Well, I wouldn't even want a God that could accidentally get knocked over, would you? <laughs> but no, they go back in there and they set it up again. You know what happened? They went in there the next day. They didn't have nothing but a stump. I read something. I was looking up some stuff. I read something that said that they got and fell and broke his arms off. And I thought, well, that's a lie. That ain't even in the Bible. You know what that says down there, Tommy, right over where I told you to turn? It says they went in there and his arms was, his palms was cut off and his head was cut off. They didn't break. No, they didn't break off. It wasn't some kind of fluke accident. His head was cut off and his palms was cut off. And he was laying on the threshold of that door. Anybody that, had, that came in their little old worship center there had to step over on that dead thing and had to acknowledge that there was something else in there more powerful. They won't even step across their thresholds no more to this day for the word of God. They won't even step across the thresholds no more because God brought their little God down. You get to reading into this 
And there's so much that God can show us right through these scriptures right here. You get to read them into these things right here, and you get to you get to realizing that they tried to set their God up uh, time and time there, two times. They tried to set that God up right there, and God brought it down. They come a time there. What do you reckon was going on during this period of time? God's spirit was striving with them. God's spirit was struggling with them. They saw everything they'd ever had in their life. Everything they was raised up under. Now I'm telling you something. A lot of times people say, well that person has got no hope. They have raised up over there in Zimbabwe. There's some kind of crazy something back in the woods that they never got a chance to know who God was. Let me tell you something about them Philistines. From a child, they have raised up thinking Dagon was a God. They have raised up thinking that. But you know what God allowed to happen, Mark? Why, you think it's an accident that the ark ended up down there? No, no. You know what God done? He strove with them Philistines. He gave them an opportunity to see truly who God was. And when they put it in there and tried to put it in there with their God, He showed them. You just put something in here that's got some power to it and something that was dead. I'm going to get around the word in just a minute into that. Just bear with me another minute. Over Romans, Talk about the scripture as we're studying in this. Over Romans 13th chapter, he says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Now, do you hear that? You know what being subject is? I have to look it up every time I, 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 I read it, but. Subject, being subject unto something is being under the power of another. What did it say to let every soul be subject to the higher power? For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Now read on with me. He said, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Now, Conley read something there out of Ecclesiastes. He didn't go down any further, but you know what it says on down below what he read over there? In that, I may just read where I don't, where I don't quote it wrong. Bear with me. We're in the fifth chapter. Ecclesiastes, we're calling the red opening up the service. He says, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon the earth. Therefore let thy words be few. Now listen. For a dream cometh through a multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than to vow, than thou shouldest vow and not pay. There's some things that God's expecting. Had a man when his spirit goes to striving with him. He don't want no false professions. He don't want no vows made that you can't keep. He wants you to understand the fullness of the power of God and understanding that you're in the presence of it. And you need to give it all glory and all honor. Because he told us there in that scripture, he said we need to be subject. In other, words, in other words, we need to be under the power of God. He said, let every soul. And then he went on down in that and he said, Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. The law of God. And 
And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Now what is resistance? What's resistance something? Well, let's just read you. It means to stand against, to act in opposition. Now, I'm just letting you know, God's Spirit ain't going to always strive with a man. It will strive with you. It will struggle with you. It will deal with you. You know what you got? A choice. You can resist that. You can oppose it. You can fight against it. And when that spirit struggles with you and then you struggle at it, you know what it's going to do? Put you in danger and put you in damnation. These Philistines over in the Word of God. It come down to a point in their life when God showed them, you ain't got no God. God showed them. You know what God will do in our people's lives, see things? He'll show them they've got no God. All their worldly goods, all their self-righteousness, all their pride, all anything that a man puts his trust in outside of God Almighty Himself, where we read the other day, like, don't lay your treasures up here on earth. You lay your treasures up in heaven. And when we look upon the things of this world and we get our hopes and our dreams all built up in them things right there and it becomes our little old God and we try to bring the Lord in there and we try to we try to put Him in there right beside what we're calling and what we're making a God out of. And He'll show you who God is. He will reveal Himself to you. And His Spirit will strive with you. It'll struggle with you. In other words, it'll say, look, I want you to see here. I'm God. I am the God. So you know what their God's like? And I know you can get into so much about these, these little old false gods and these idols that people set up. This was something that was made with man's hands. There was no evidence of power in it. There was nothing that proved itself to be holy, to be worthy of glory. There was nothing in them little old dead gods all the way from Dagon to Baal to Ashtaroth and all these different gods that sound through the Bible. They were something that was created by man's hands that man's ideas and man's mind put a beautiful little uh, uh, coating of gold on it or, or, or forged it into something that they thought looked like something they wanted in their life. What are all our little gods? It's what we make it out to be and what we forge into what we want it to look like in our life. And we worship and we, we call on it for our pleasures and our hopes and our happiness. And then one day, then one day, we bring in true glory. True glory comes into our life. And it shines into our darkness and our deadness. And it puts our little gods on their knees and it cuts their heads off and it cuts the palms off. And it shows us there's no power in it. There's something Bobby about the Ark of the Covenant. You know what there was things in there? It showed the power of God. There was things in there that was proof without any of man's doings that it was man. That God could feed people when there was no food. That God could sustain a people in a wilderness, in a barren land, after He had delivered them out of bondage, that He could sustain them. And that He'd been their bread when they was hungry. Man didn't have a thing to do with that. No. No. Man didn't have a thing to do with that. That's the power of God revealing itself through the ark. That that was born down on the inside of that ark. There was a rod down in there that had budded. And had proved that God could take something dead in the hands of, that, that, that it was to be in the hands of his priest. And he could bring life unto that that was dead. 
That wasn't my answer. Aaron didn't do that. Uh, 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 Aaron didn't do that. God done that. But God proved himself, and he proved who the priest over his house is going to be. And there was a law down in there. See these other gods? Their boundaries were not like God's boundaries. Their statutes were not like God's statutes. You know what most of these other gods did? They, 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 they suited into man's pleasures. They suited into what would make man happy. But this God here set down laws that was going to make him happy. It was going to bring you in under making a vow unto him. All them things that that ark held had power to them. And not power of man, but power of God. That spirit that strives with us, and it moves through. See, there wasn't nobody that took, was to take the tops off of that ark and look down in. You'll find here after a while, where there's a bunch when 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 the Philistines try to send this away, they sent it down there and there's a bunch of people try to take a look down in that ark. God slew them. It wasn't for man's hands to get involved in and take off and go to getting down into what the power of God was all about. I'm afraid today, these people that's a that's a walking around pulpits, and you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to get down into the glory of God. And they're trying to look into it. And they're trying to see what's down in there. Dangerous ground. Yeah. Dangerous ground. You go to try and tear off the top of what God's glory is all about. And get your hands down in it. And even lay your eyes on it. You know what the Spirit does? What's the Bible say God is? How are we supposed to worship Him? Spirit and truth. Okay. Does that take me out of the picture? Yes. Does that take you out of the picture? Yes. If I get to striving with you, and I get to struggling with you, and I get to working on you, you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to take God's promises out there and use them with my hands. Instead of letting... Why does it say something so strongly in the Word of God that without faith it's impossible to please Him? Because he wants us to believe some things without seeing it with our eyes. Believe in the power of God. Believe he'll feed you through them times of hunger. Believe that he's, he can bring the dead back to life. Believe in his law that he can get you through. Believe in the promises of God without ever having to lay your eyes on it. God revealed himself unto these Philistines over here in a great way. He gave them an opportunity to see the glory of God through faith. He brought their little gods down, their little God. He brought him down and showed them the power. And then what did they do, preacher? Over in the fifth chapter of the book of First Samuel. They came to a place there when God had brought their little God down. In the eighth verse it said, They sent therefore and gathered all the lords of the Philistines unto them and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? You know what happens in a man's life when God's glory Tires his little gods down. There comes a time, Savannah, when we've got to say, what will we do with the ark of God? There comes a time when there's a choice to be made. They brought together all the lords of the Philistines over there, David. They got them all together. There was nobody in that Philistine crowd right there that could say that God had not revealed himself. Not one of them. Every one of them got exposed to the glory of God. Every one of them. 
had a choice to make. Every one of them had a choice to resist or accept the power of the God of Israel. What will we do? They come together to make a decision. What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? And they answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be carried about unto Gath. And they carried the ark of God of Israel about thither. And it, 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 and it was so that after they had carried it about, the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. And He smote the men of the city, both small and great, and they had emeralds in their secret parts. Yins has heard me probably describe that before. And I ain't being funny and I ain't being dirty, but that was just hemorrhoids. That's what that was. That's something no other body could see. That's what an emerald is. There was nobody else, but there was something down in their secret parts. And God got a hold of every one of them. They, they couldn't get away from that. God struck them down and He said, he said, and it came to pass as the ark of, of God came to Ekron that the Ekronots cried out saying they have brought about the ark of God of Israel to us to slay us and our people. Do you see this? Even after they saw the power of God, they wanted it to sit away from them. Right. They wanted it gone, Isaac. They asked, what are we going to do with this? And their choice was to carry it away. How many times has people sit on a church pew and God dealt with their heart and they had a choice. And they resisted it according to the Romans on our 13th chapter. They resisted it and brought themselves unto damnation. What happened to these people when they carried this over there into Ekron and everything? Their destructions just multiplied. All the way down on the secret parts where nobody else could even see, they were tormented day and night. You know what you can do when something's eating at you from the inside? You might walk around and you may look like you're getting through it. But boy, when it comes down, Barbara, to, to, to between when it's just you and God, they something down on your secret parts. It's just a gnawing at you. They something down on the depths of your soul that's gnawing at you and eating at you. And you know it. Maybe not everybody else is looking at you, but you know it. Every soul is to be subject unto the higher power. And there's no powers that be that aren't of God. And if we don't come unto obedience, and if we oppose God, there's a price to pay. Maybe a lot of times people don't see it. They didn't get struck with leprosy. They didn't get struck with something else like that. But there was something that was gnawing at them. There was something down on the depths. They kept eating that. Ladies, how many times have people sat through a church service something gnawing down on the depths of them and they know it because God's been revealed. The power of God has been revealed in their life. And it's tore down their gods. It's tore down everything that they had built up that ever they thought had strength to it in their life. God is striving, God is struggling, and God is dealing. Where did the Lord speak to you, Isaac? Down on the inside. Where did He speak to me? Down on the inside. Where did He speak to you? Down on the inside. Even if you're struggling. I said, My spirit ain't going to always strive with you. Man's flesh. I'm going to deal with you. What did he say? With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Down in your deepest soul, in your deepest heart, where nobody else knows and where nobody else sees, God's Spirit strives. God's Spirit deals. God's Spirit works. For a moment in time, a moment in man and woman's life at whatever age that he comes by to different ones 
And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I don't believe God deals with everybody at eight years old. They say there's an age of accountability, you know, and all these different things. There's a time in life when God deals with each individual. There's an appointed time in every man's life. He may not deal with some until they're 30. He may not deal with others until they're 60. I don't know the time of God. But I know this much. When man is up to a certain age where he knows right from wrong, he's accountable. He knows. He knows right from wrong. He knows good, bad. He knows all them things. There's no getting away from the accountability of what's in your life. But there comes a time when you're going to be accountable for what you've done with the spirit that struggled with you. That spirit that struggled down on the inside of you, you're either going to resist it or accept it. It won't always be there. Let every soul be subject to a higher power. Let. Not force. Not drive. Not drag. Every soul to a higher power. Let. When you let something, you allow it. You allow it. It's not a forcible thing. It's not. A, it's not a, 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 a something that's that's that's. I don't know the word there that I need to use for it, but it's not something that that, that, that just just automatically happens. But it's a decision, and it's a choice. That when that spirit goes to striving, that you're allowed on your own free will to accept or deny. that are ordained of God. These Philistines come around to a place in their life. They had a choice to make. What are we going to do with this ark? What are we going to do with the glory of God? It's already proved to us its power. God has proved to us His glory. God has proved to us that He can tear our little God down. What are we going to do? Oh, you find where they still worship today, God? You get on over in there uh, when they when the when they killed the uh, when Saul died, while they took his head down there and they they put it in there with their God. They kept trying to destroy the true God and put it in there with theirs. But I'm gonna tell you what, Saul wasn't God. Well, they might have took Saul's head. He was one of God's anointed. They might have took his head. And they might have put it in there with their God. Ain't seen that till just now. Thank the Lord. <laughs> you may kill God's man. You may kill God's anointed. And you may think you've destroyed the preacher. And you you just ripped him one way or another. And you may try to put him in there. Why well, ain't going down there to that church? I know that preacher old Dean Rice. Why, you know what he done? Let me tell you just a little bit about it. You might cut my head off. And I promise you, it's been threatened to be done up and down this community. I'll just tell them what kind of preacher you are. I'll just tell them. Go ahead and tell them. Because I ain't nothing. But you just tell them what kind of God I got. Oh, they might have took old Saul's head and put it down there. But they, they knew who brought their God down. And it was the God of Saul. It was the God of Saul. I ain't going to bring nobody down. I promise you that. There's always one bigger and there's always one better than any other man. But I'm going to tell you what they ain't. They ain't one bigger and they ain't one stronger than my God. What are we going to do with the Ark of the Covenant? Listen to what they decided to do. 11th verse. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, send away the ark of the God of Israel 
and let it go to His own place. That it slay us not and our people, for there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city, and the hand of God was very heavy. And the men that died not were the men that died not were smitten with the emrods, and were and the cry of the city went up to heaven. I read where this two times they had an opportunity to do this. What are we going to do? They sent it down to Ekron. Let's carry it somewhere else. You know what people will do? I don't like the way they preach down there at that church. And they try to go somewhere else. Try to get moving a little bit, moving around. But you know what don't change? The power of God they had a whole other stock with. You may get away from community chapel. You may get away from Pinnacle View. You may get away from all these other churches where the gospel's getting preached in the truth. But that same gospel, you know what they was doing? Everywhere they might have went into a different place with it, but they was carrying the same power that they got introduced to the very first time. And when this world gets introduced to the power of God, I don't care what kind of place you try to carry it into, it's going to kill you little God. And it's going to bring destruction upon your life. And it's going to tire everything down. And you know what they wanted to do? Let's send it away. Let's send it back to its place. And you know what they did? They resisted for the final time. There will come a time in our life if we're lost and we keep turning away the power of God and she'll do it for the last time. And you can read all about this. They do a little old cart. They hooked it up to two milks kind. They took the two the two cows from them milks kind and they, they hitched them up back there and they said, let this thing go and go back to where it come from. And you know where it went? It went right back to where it was supposed to go. You can send it away. But it ain't going to take the power away from it. There'll come a day when you face this. There'll come a day when you'll stand accountable for what you heard in this message and in every other message. Be more ready to hear than to offer up sacrifice of fools. That's what a lot of times we do. We ain't ready to hear. What's a sacrifice of a fool? in the way the only hope you got. That's to choose this world over God Almighty. That's the sacrifice of a fool to not believe God. To resist, to oppose when God is striving with your soul. Let your soul be subject unto that higher power. When God's Spirit is striving, don't turn it away. Don't wrestle. Yield to it. There's naturally in here, there's men that can physically handle me like a child. And I couldn't do anything about it. There are masters in the art of, of, of battle that can have me choked out and dead in this floor in just a minute. And you know what it would be? It would just almost be just 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 futile to even wrestle with them. Because I realize I've not got the skill set. I've not got the strength. I've not got that power. And in any bit of fighting I can do, and them saying, half out, give up. And me still thinking I have a chance. And strive and struggle. And the more I fight, the tighter the chokehold gets. Too proud to give up. Too proud to realize and to even admit that I'm not as strong as they are. You know, that's my nature. Naturally, I'll just be honest with you. Somebody gets a hold of me, I'm going to fight to the death. You don't have to kill me. It's just my nature. My human nature. But I'm going to tell you what, when it comes to battling with the Spirit of God... 
Don't be that ignorant. His spirit won't always strive. He knows that you're flesh. He knows who you are. Don't resist it. Don't turn it away. Yield to it. And that that you thought was going to choke you out and kill you will bring a greater life unto you than you ever known. Will be your greatest protector. Will bring you the greatest joy. Will you resist unto him? He'll be the greatest thing you've ever known. The giver of life. sent this away worshiping their old dead God and you know what it's just been translated all the way down through their generations these Philistines I reckon unto this day is the Palestinians that's over there now as far as the genealogy of them and them people ain't happy for nothing they're still just a war and still just a battling still can't find no peace still ain't, ain't found no joy save a Palestinian as much as I'm standing here before you. I believe he could save anybody if they'll come to him. If they'll heed when they feel the power of God. And if they don't resist, he can save anybody. I told you about my little old cousin that come in here a few weeks ago in that wheelchair. The boy has a lot of uh, drinking and drugs in his mind. It's just, 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 just gone. His thought process makes no sense. But you know what I still believe? That God can get through down on that boy's heart if he ain't turned him away for too many times. Still believe that. Because you know what? Ain't nothing impossible with my God. Preacher, I just don't believe that. I believe God's got a select few. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You go over and in one place I can disprove that. He's got a chosen people. He had a chosen people to bring forth the seed of Jesus Christ. He had a chosen people that that lineage was to come true. And he had that set in order from the beginning. But why did he do that? So that all men would have opportunity. So that all men he told them over there in Jesus' day they was a chosen generation. They was a chosen generation. They was a time that was set apart for the coming of Christ. And it was a chosen moment in time. If you go back into David's army and you read through some of them mighty men, not all of them was Israelites. But you know what? They all made a choice. Get in the army with David. To get in the army with God's people. They had decisions to make their life. Rahab could have got destroyed. Rahab could have got killed right over there in Jericho. But you know what she did? She had faith. She heard about the children of Israel. Word had come through to all of Jericho now. Mind you, you think God just picked picked out Rahab. No, he set down some orders in her life. Those, those spies that went in over there, they told her, you stay in here, don't you go outside that door, or your blood won't be on our hands. You think God just chose Rahab? No, Rahab chose to believe in God. Rahab chose to put her faith in the God she had heard about of the God of Israel. That old place over there, according to the testimony of Rahab, had heard of the power of God and how God was delivering His people. And you know what got revealed to them? God's glory. God's power. God's might. And out of that day over there, one little harlot and her family got delivered out of the whole
whole city that got destroyed because they wasn't with them. You know what they did? They shut up their gates and they put up their defenses and they tried to fight against something they couldn't win. And what happened? Them big old strong walls, them mighty warriors got slain at the power of God. Why, they had a lot of stock in them big old walls over there. That's like their God. That was their shields. And they wasn't nothing penetrating. Why, it even scared the children of Israel when they first ever looked down in there. Well, they got walled cities. There ain't no way. You know what? I get sick of the church getting scared of the worst sinners. Why, there ain't no way that never I lived yet. Who are you? <laughs> Better than that, who's your God? My God can bring down some walls. Them walls that those spies that went down in there seen. You know what God seen inside them walls? A harlot that believed in Him. You know why God wanted them to go down in there? Yeah, to destroy some enemies, some things that He despised. But you want to, you want to know something? He wanted to see that harlot get delivered in her family. You know why God sends us into some places sometimes? Because He knows there's somebody in there that's looking for Him. Somebody in there that's wanting to make a choice for God. Somebody in there that's willing not to resist Him, not to struggle with Him, not to strive with Him, but to obey. What do you tell Saul? Obedience is better than sacrifice. That sacrifice of those thinking that we're giving God something when we're not. Just because we come to church, just because we own a Bible, some people, that's all the religion they need. This is my daddy's, papa's, uncle's, brother's, and this passed down from, well, that word means something, but some, that, they've got to be belief in the God that wrote it. For it to have power in your life. I don't care if you've got the first King James Bible that ever rolled off the presses. If you don't believe the words that's in it, you ain't got nothing. You resist that right there and you'll die and go to hell. But you believe in it, you accept it and you receive it and you'll live and go to heaven. Spirit won't always strive. But when it's striving, when it's struggling, yield to it. Go with it. I can't help but think when them, them spies went down there in them walls and Jericho fell. I can't I can't help but think outside of them spies was when they seen Old Rahab walked out. I would say, well, she's just an old filthy heart. You know what she was? She was saved by the grace of God. How did Noah get saved in the beginning? Yeah, it all comes around full circle. He found grace in the eyes of God in the midst of a wicked people that had turned all of their hope, all of their dreams over under them own, their own selves. Men of renown. Do you know what that means? They were well known. And they no doubt loved the flaunted, and their generation was wicked, and they chose themselves over God. But in the midst of that, there was a man down there that chose to live righteous, chose to be a perfect man in his day, chose to stand out from the rest of them. And what came of that, Connell? Eight souls were saved. Eight souls were saved. Find grace in the eyes of God like Noah did. Find grace in the eyes of God like Rahab did. Don't strive with him. You know what he said? It's better to fall on this rock than for this rock to fall on you. It's better for you just to resist than to try to wrestle and to try to strive. And his spirit goes to strive and your flesh wants to fight it. 
Yeshiva. Just yield unto it. And then you've got one that'll fight your battles as long as you stay in this book the rest of your days. I ain't lying to you. There's a lot of people who'd probably like to see me dead. There's a lot of people who hate my guts. But you know why I can't help but keep loving Because they was one that loved me that much. Is it because I'm a great person? No. But I'll tell you, in my flesh, there's a whole lot of stuff I won't even say I'd like to do. I don't like to be hated, and I don't like the people to hate me. And I don't want to hate them. under his spirit and he put that spirit down in the inside of me that he's got I love the Lord please God's spirit strives with you at whatever point in time it is I don't care if it's one o'clock in the morning yield to it give in to it don't fight it I followed it for a long time I gave in night become day and I'm still walking in the light that darkness we preached on Sunday that could be felt I don't feel it no more I'm walking in the newness of light in the light of life in Jesus Lord it's just preach on and on and on it's just wonderful God is wonderful and if we'll just come to that and realize that his spirit when it strives, it's for a purpose and a reason. Don't resist it. I love you.